Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor John speaks from the subject of What a Difference a Day Makes. And now, here is Pastor John. We'll read the first seven verses this morning. This is what we've been singing about today. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. But they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. That's because he was still using it. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The, men were ter- the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man would be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Father, thank you for the good news of your word today. Thank you that you were not only crucified and buried, but raised again on the third day for our victory And Lord, we just thank you and praise you for your word, for your presence. Lord, for these worshipers who are here today and for those who came today looking for answers to questions that have been in their hearts for years. I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Let me mention some events. Pearl Harbor. The Apollo 11 landing on the moon. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. The Challenger disaster. The birth of a child. Columbine. 9-11. A dream job landed. A wedding day. An unexpected gift. All of these things that I've just mentioned were events One of those I remember where I was moments when time seems to stand still. They were one day in a lifetime of thousands of days. But but what happened on that day in that moment altered the course of your life. It changed everything. And in some cases, that one event on that one day cast a shadow uh, of darkness or a ray of light uh, on everything that's happened in your life since then. They're, they're, those moments are just that powerful. For most of us, though, no matter how wonderful or how tragic the events of that day, the ripple effects only seem to reach those who are closest to us. The rest of the world goes about its merry way with barely a glance at, at the thing that stopped time for us. The passage we just read in Luke 24 was just one day in the life of one man who lived 2,000 years ago. But what happened on that day not only changed his life and those of his closest friends, but it changed the course of history. It is the single most life-changing event in the history of humanity. If the birth of Jesus Christ divided history into before and after, 
The resurrection of Jesus changed the scope of what is possible. It redefined, uh, it redefined time in terms of eternity. It blew the lid off what we thought we knew about power. And on, on this one day, Jesus conquered everything we had reason to fear, everything that held us down, everything that kept us from him. This one day changed everything. It's why we celebrate. It's why we sing. It's why we rejoice. This is the day that changed everything. And what a difference a day makes. What a difference a day makes. And guess what? Just like those days in our lives that still affect us now, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is still affecting days for us today as well. They, they affect, it affects three days as a matter of fact. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that's what I want to talk about today. That when, when we understand and when we accept what Jesus did for us, that one day still affects every day that we'll ever live. What a difference a day makes. So I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. As a matter of fact, I've been accused by the person running the slideshow today that I'm preaching the whole Bible. That's really not accurate, but it's not, not far. So we're going to read a lot of scriptures today. And, and I want you to notice that in a lot of them you'll see the cross and the resurrection together. And that's okay. Don't be bothered by that because they're, they're inseparable. Without the cross, the resurrection would have been unnecessary, right? And without the resurrection, the cross would have been pointless. It took both of them working together to make the difference we needed in our lives. And so with that in mind, let's look at the first thing that the resurrection gives us. And, and it's this, healing for yesterday. Healing for yesterday. What if I told you that everything that you've been through, all the pain, all the heartache, all the things that you've done and the things that have been done to you could be healed? That all of the things that seemed like individual random pieces of a puzzle could come together to form a beautiful picture of grace and health. That's what the resurrection offers to us today. A chance to start over. But not a chance to start over wounded and broken, but healed and strong. That's, that's the difference that this day makes. Let me show it to you in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. Colossians 2 and 12. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. It puts a finer point on it. You were dead because of your sins. And because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to a cross. In this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Let me explain it to you this way. The Bible says our sins left us dead. Dead. And what do you do with dead things? You bury them. 
When we give our hearts to the Lord, we are baptized into Christ. That's what Romans says. That, that's what's symbolized in water baptism as well. So we are dead because of sin, buried in Christ, but because of the resurrection, we are raised to life again. That's what resurrection means, taking what's dead and raising it back to life. You say, well, John, how does that bring us healing? His resurrection power can be applied not just to our spiritual lives, but to everything that sin and death has touched in your life. Look back over your life. What sins are in your past? What, what, what died because of those sins? You say, well, John, how do you know something died in my life? Well, let me show it to you. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Everybody's sin. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You see, the wages of sin is death. You say, well, not me, buddy. Everything's good in my life. Well, it's just not payday for you yet. Because sin always brings death. See, the resurrection gives us the chance for the great exchange. We bring him all the dead things in our lives, and he gives us instead uh, life for the death that we bring to him. We bring him the broken things, and he gives us wholeness. This is how the prophet Isaiah saw it in Isaiah 61, verses 3 and 4. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Because of Jesus, we can not only get forgiveness of sins and failures, but we can find hope that something beautiful can come from the wreckage of our past. He can, he, can, he can turn abandonment into boldness. He can turn grief into great joy. He can turn pain into purpose and death into life. Old things pass away. All things become new. He can take the tests that we've taken, even the ones that we've failed, and turn them into testimonies of his power and his love and his grace and his mercy. Even nature testifies to his power this very weekend. Yesterday might have been cold and gray, but today is warm and beautiful. That's the healing process that started on the day Jesus rose from the grave. What a difference a day makes. So he gives us healing for yesterday, but he also gives us help for today. He gives us help for today. And what if I told you that you, that you, could, you, you would never spend another day struggling alone? What if I told you that you, you would never have to spend another day without purpose, without meaning? You would never have to spend another day haunted by the things that have happened to you in your past. Let me show it to you in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. 
No condemnation. You were dead. I was dead. We were all dead in trespasses and sins, but because of what Jesus did on the cross and in rising again, when we surrender to him, he doesn't hold those sins against us anymore. The shame and the guilt and the condemnation will come from the enemy and it'll come from other people, but it'll never come from Jesus because Jesus paid the price for all that stuff to be gone. So we have help for today because we're no longer under condemnation for what we've done in the past. That deserves a thank you, Lord. Amen? Amen. But that's not, that's not all that happens. Let's read the next verse, Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Listen, not only does he set you free from the condemnation of past sins, he sets you free from the power of sin today. When you belong to Jesus, that verse said that he has freed us. Past participle already happened. He has freed us from the power of sin. We don't have to do what our sinful nature tells us to do. We have a new master now. So if you belong to Jesus and you're still carrying the chains of sin in your life that may have bound you in the past, then today is the day that you need to declare victory over those things. You have been set free. So today is the day that you start walking in that freedom. Don't stay bound. Don't stay bound. Don't keep living your old life. Don't keep having those same habits and living those same patterns. Jesus conquered sin so that those things could no longer dictate your actions. You say, but John, I'm, I'm weak. I just can't do it. I've tried to get free, and I just can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Let me show you why the resurrection of Jesus is going to help you Today, and it's in this same chapter in verses 11 and 12. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, isn't that what we're talking about today? The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, listen, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. That is incredible. You think the power of sin is unbreakable in your life? You think your need, whatever need you have this morning, is, is just insurmountable? You think the mountain that's standing in front of you is unmovable? It depends on what you compare it to. You see, on your own, in your own power, you're going to fall every time. But if you recognize that the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is living in you right now, then there is no grip of sin. There's no chain of death. There's no bondage of addiction. There's no force of habit that can stand against that power. We have to learn to walk in his spirit and in his power. When we are weak, he is strong. 
So his Holy Spirit fills us with his love and his power and every gift and every fruit that we need to do what he's called us to do in our lives. So no matter how hard the battle is where you're living right now, no matter what the score is or how bad it looks, we can stand on the promise of Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. In every situation, you've got to learn to speak the truth of the Word of God. You've got to learn to declare, if I've got breath, I've got a chance. If I've got Jesus, I always win. If God is for me, who can be against me? It might look like I'm down. It might look like I'm not enough. It might look like I've been defeated. But with God, the Holy Spirit, living inside of me, it's not over until He says it's over. Amen? His power's not just about healing us from our yesterdays. It's also about helping us with our todays. The resurrection is, an imp- is important today. And what a difference a day makes. What a difference a day makes. He also gives us hope for tomorrow. Hope for tomorrow. The most obvious effect of the resurrection is that it gives us hope for tomorrow, our eternal tomorrow. That the day we leave this earth and face eternity, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus has the power to change our eternal destination. Our last breath here is our first breath there. And I want to show it to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But someone may ask, how will the dead be raised and what kind of bodies will they have? Paul said, what a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. Now, let's look at at verse 42. It's the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die. But they will be raised to life forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they'll be raised in glory. They'll be, they were, they'll be buried in weakness, but they'll be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. Now look, look at verses 54 through 57. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into the bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We have hope for tomorrow because God already has a plan for us. You ain't got to worry about it. He's got it handled. He has a new body for us, a strong body, a spiritual body, an eternal body. You see, the believer has no reason to fear tomorrow, even if death is is what comes for the believer. Because for a believer, you're never buried, you're just planted. You're just planted. You may get put in the ground, 
or in the urn or in the crypt or however you do it in your family. But when you know Jesus, that will not be your final resting place. There is coming a day when the seed of the body that God gave us on this earth will become a full-grown spiritual body that he always wanted us to have. That's why no child of God should fear death. And no child of God is ever hopeless. His resurrection after his death ensures us that there'll be a resurrection after ours. And when we leave this earth one day and wake up in that eternal tomorrow, we will remember the crazy world that we left and we'll look around at the incredible world that we now have and we'll say, what a difference a day makes. What a difference a day makes. But our hope for tomorrow is not just for those who cross the bridge of death into eternal life. His resurrection changes every tomorrow that we have, even while we're still on this earth. You see, some of you may be standing in the midst of a life that when you look around, it looks like scorched earth. Every direction you look, you see broken relationships, lost jobs, broken dreams. Maybe even your efforts at living for Jesus has failed over and over again. It may seem that every area of your life is dying and your only expectation, the only thing that you can muster up the faith to believe is that when you wake up tomorrow, what's dying today will probably be dead. Let me show you some good news. John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Listen, here's what I want you to know today. The resurrection is not an event. The resurrection is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the resurrection. So no matter what situation you may be expecting tomorrow, you have to remember this one thing. No dead is too dead when you have a relationship with the resurrection. You may feel like you've been buried today, but tomorrow is full of hope. I have seen it with my own eyes. I have seen him bring divorced couples back together and remarry again. I have seen him completely pivot court cases that seemed like a slam dunk. I have seen people that were addicted to drugs and alcohol and pornography and lying and gossip and all kinds of other things. I have seen him deliver them from all of that stuff and set them free. I've seen him melt hearts that were cold as stone and restore relationships that seemed hopeless. I've seen him provide resources from unexpected places. I have seen him make a way where there seemed to be no way. So no matter what you thought your tomorrow was going to hold, lift up your head today. Today might look dark, but tomorrow is coming. And what a difference a day makes in your life. 
Well, you may be thinking, John, that's, that's awesome, but how do, I, how do I do that? How do I get that? How do I get God involved in all my situations and all my circumstances? How do I get his help for today? Because Lord knows I need it. How do I get his healing for yesterday? And how do I get hope for tomorrow? And that's a great question. It's an important question. It really comes down to two things. Repentance and relationship. Repentance and relationship. Now, repentance is not going to make any sense until you understand two quick things. These are going to be easy. Number one, God's always right. God's always right. Let me show it to you in Matthew chapter 5. This is just one place. But you are to be perfect. Look, even as your Father in heaven is right most of the time. Is that what that says? Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. He's God. He's perfect. He has all power. He has all knowledge. He has all wisdom. He is always right. That's the first rule to remember. Pretty easy, right? Here's number two. Unless we do it God's way, we're always wrong. You want to go back to number one? <laughs> That's a lot more fun than number two, right? You say, but pastor, Luke Bryan says most people are good. Well, we might want to check what the Bible has to say. Because if there's a difference, I'm taking God over Luke Bryan every day. Every day. Let me show it to you in Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. Not even one. Nobody's righteous. Nobody does what's right on their own. What rises up in us naturally is not righteousness, it's selfishness and sin. I know that's different than what the world teaches you. I know that's different than even what a bunch of churches teach, but it's not in the truth of the word of God is that no one is righteous. Most people are not good. As a matter of fact, the Bible says nobody is good on their own, not even one. He's always right, and we're always wrong unless we do it his way. You say, but John, I don't like being called a sinner. I don't like saying I'm a sinner. I don't like being wrong. Why? Nobody likes being wrong. But the gospel makes no sense any other way. Why did Jesus have to die such a painful and horrific death if we're all just good old boys and girls, just needed a little help? If you can't admit that you're a sinner, then you can never accept what he did on the cross because that's why he did it. Because we were sinners. The good news of the word is that even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Had a conversation with my 14-year-old yesterday. She said, Dad, I don't know how Jesus did it. I wouldn't have died for all these people. She said, I'd make a list. <laughs> and some of them would be on the list, and some of them I'd just have to be like, nope. I'm sorry, you didn't make it, right? <laughs> I said, baby girl, I wish I could disagree with you, but that's why we needed Jesus, right? 
Because I got a list and you got a list. And we all got different lists. But while we were sinners, while we didn't make nobody's list, Jesus died for us. You say, but, but John, can't I just follow my heart and always do what's right? Well, you can follow your heart, but let me show you what the Word says. Jeremiah 17 and verse, five, or verse 9, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Proverbs 16 and 25 says this, there's a path, there's a road before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. See, if you follow your heart, what you're going to do is deceive yourself into thinking you're right when you're actually on a road that will end in eternal separation from God. All paths do not lead to heaven. Only one. And it was the path that was made by the one we celebrate today, Jesus Christ. I want you to look at what, the, I want you to look at what he said in John chapter 14. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. There is no other way to get to God except through Jesus. So God is always right, and we are always wrong unless we do things God's way. So how can I get, how do I do things God's way? How can I get these blessings of the resurrection we've been talking about? Well, let me loop back then and remind you, repentance and relationship. We have access to a relationship with God through repentance. You say, oh, I, I know what repentance is. I, I got this one. This is good. This is when I say I'm sorry to God for all the wrong things I've done. Eh, that's part of it. That's part of it. Repentance literally means to rethink. It means to recognize that God is always right, that you're a sinner, and that you're not only sorry about it, but you're committed to changing the way you think about it changing the way you act as a result of it. It's not an apology to God. It's a commitment to having a relationship with him. It's a commitment to doing things his way. It's accepting that Jesus is not only your savior, but your Lord and your master. There is no version of salvation where he is your savior, but not your Lord. He is the boss. And what he says is what you do. Repentance and relationship. You say, well, Jesus, John, I, I thought if I raised my hand or if I signed the card or if I shook the preacher's hand or I joined the church, I thought I was good. My friend, that's simply not what the Bible says. Let me show it to you in Acts chapter 17. Look, I want you to look for two things, repentance and relationship. Paul's preaching to, to a bunch of people in Athens, Greece, and he said, listen, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone, everywhere, to sign the card and shake the hand and join the church. He commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. 
For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed, and he proved to everyone who this is, looky there, by raising him from the dead. Think of it this way. What God is looking for is a marriage, not a wedding. He's not interested in you saying your vows and then ignoring him for the rest of your life. Marriage is a lifelong commitment that starts with an event. Salvation is as well. And that's what we're talking about today. If you want access to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, it comes from an ongoing relationship with God that begins with repentance. Admitting that you're a sinner, admitting that you're wrong and God is, is right, and committing to surrender control of your life to Him. And it's not just an event, it's a journey, it's a road. It's a road. So today, you might be on a road that, that seems right, but if it doesn't lead to Jesus, it leads to death. Eternal separation from God. And the road Jesus is calling you to is not an easy road. There are much easier paths to take in life. But the road that he calls us to is a road that leads to life. And he never leaves you alone on that road. If you surrender your life to him today, I can promise you, all of your tomorrows will be completely different. If you accept him today, what a difference a day makes. What a difference a day makes. I want you to stand with me, please. You've been so patient and so engaged, and I, I really appreciate that. But this is the most important part of the service. You say, John, is it important because you're, you're preaching? No. It's important because this is your response to the truth of the Word. And I don't care if you got the truth in the singing or in the preaching or if the Holy Spirit had already convicted your heart of what you knew you needed to do. But right now is where obedience happens. And that's the most important part. Because you can know the, 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 the truth of the Word. You can me have the Bible memorized from front to back. And if you never do anything about it, you've wasted your time. And so here's what I want you to do. If you have never surrendered your life to the Lord, if you don't have, you never repented, if you never had a relationship with Him where you surrender everything to Him, then today I want to invite you to do that. Also, you say, John, I, I've got so much stuff in my past. I, I'm a believer. I follow Christ, but I'm dragging so much baggage from yesterday. He gives you healing for your yesterdays. And you can have that today. You maybe, maybe you're just struggling. You just hit, you just hit a wall and you're just under the load. He wants to help you today. His Holy Spirit is in you to help you. You've just got to learn to walk in that spirit. And he wants to give you hope for tomorrow. Don't go to bed tonight like some of you went to bed last night. 
hopeless, pessimistic about the future, not knowing what the next day is going to hold. Listen, you don't have to know. When you have Jesus, you don't have to know what the day is going to hold to know that you have hope. Because you don't have to know what tomorrow holds. You only have to know who holds tomorrow. And so I just want to invite you. We're going to pray, and I will invite you to come to this altar. We do this every week. I want you to come to pray about whatever is going on in your life. If you haven't surrendered to the Lord, if you're not saved, then you need to come and get saved today. You're our special guest. We've been praying for you. But if there's any other reason, any other thing in your life that you need to pray about, whether it's healing for your body, whether it's healing and peace for your mind, whether it's deliverance from an addiction or a chain, whether it's a financial provision, whatever is going on in your life, Jesus said, my house will be called not a house of preaching, not a house of praise and worship, but a house of prayer. And so if you need prayer, and we all need prayer from time to time, then I want to invite you to come. Would you bow your heads with me, Lord? We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.